Hello, I am Alina Mae Wilson, and you are listening to L.A. Theater Bites' review of The Secret Garden, playing now at 3D Theatricals in the Cerritos Performing Arts Center. I just watched The Secret Garden at the Cerritos Performing Arts Center. The story centers on an orphaned girl named Mary Lennox, who, after her colonialist parents die from cholera in India, is sent back to her native land of England to live with her reclusive uncle. Once at the house, Mary must rediscover life and love and then reintroduce these concepts to the people around her. It's a slow, somber story that has a rare moment of power and a good payoff in the end, if you have patience enough to wait for these luxuries. I am not a novice to The Secret Garden. I've read The Secret Garden in its original book format. I have seen The Secret Garden as a film in 1993. And even before all that, I read a condensed children's children, children, children version of the book. But watching this musical is the first time I found myself wondering how you could both rush and drag a plot at the exact same time. To be fair, one of the overarching themes of The Secret Garden is the wonder of finding magic and glory in the everyday beauty of life. Just the fact that something exists is enough to make it worthy of appreciation, to give you the strength to stand up and live your life. And in a world run by the internet, I would be lying if I said that that theme wasn't refreshing. But I would also be lying if I said that the joy brought by the garden is fleeting at best. The vast majority of the show is somber and dreary, with a ton of emphasis on spirits and death. It's creative, the fact that they show us that spirits are all around us, but after the novelty of the fact that there are ghosts walking around wears off, that's all that we have, the knowledge that there are ghosts walking around. Cool. I also can't help but marvel at the fact that this girl's dead servant has nothing better to do than to follow her around and pose for dramatic effect while this child brags about how she's never had to lift a finger in her entire life. Or how a whole parade of ghosts just stand there in the woods watching children and doing nothing. My point is, I like the idea of the ghosts, I just prefer that we see them while they are doing things that are actually meaningful. And often they aren't. Occasionally they are. One such occasion is the song Lily's Eyes. Lily's presence, embodied by Jeanette Dawson, during that song is breathtaking, perfect, and I am seriously considering reattending the show for that song alone. Dino Nicandros and Sam Ludwig perform as brothers Archibald Craven and Dr. Neville Craven, respectively, and in Lily's eyes they are absolutely superb. The song Lily's Eyes is warming, powerful, melting, and at times even shocking with the sheer power of the love you receive from their voices and the vision of loveliness that is Lily. It is without a doubt one of the best songs in the show. Now, in the extremely unlikely event that they cut Lily's eyes from the score, I need not despair completely because I will still have the tender power of Renna Nightingale's voice to comfort me. Renna Nightingale plays Martha, and her rendition of Hold On made me want to sob with joy at the possibility that I might overcome life's many trials. It's a song about facing and moving through the pain that you are exposed to, and it is the second song in this show that makes the price of admission worthwhile. Now that we've established that the songs are worth the price of admission, the viewer themselves need to consider whether the musical as a whole is worth their time. As I said earlier, it's simultaneously slow and rushed. Scriptwriter Marsha Norman somehow managed to cram, and not smoothly, three conversations from the original novel into one five-minute chat between two pivotal characters. It's abrupt. 
it's not confusing since you can still technically understand what is going on, but I definitely think it takes away from how interesting the story is when instead of seeing characters unfold and develop as people before your eyes, you have them change their humor and nature from scene to scene and expect the audience to fill in the blanks. Glory Joy Rose is spectacular as central character Mary Lennox. Her voice is sweet and angelic, and she embodies the character really, really well. You actually feel for her when she is threatened. Her relationship with Martha is probably the most endearing in the entire show, but whatever mood Mary is in, surly, polite, happy, or enraged, the fact is that the stuff happening around her is often not interesting enough to hold our attention. I cannot be the only one who is bored by Dickon, can I? This character is clearly supposed to provide a good portion of excitement and pleasure for us, and instead all I feel is bewilderment that this able-bodied 25-year-old man is wandering around a field all day talking to birds. Perhaps I'm more conservative than I thought. In conclusion, the Secret Garden at the Cerritos Performing Arts Center is a serious, somber, occasionally exciting, and finally beautiful story. Most of the characters are enjoyable, most of the plot is not. If you have the patience to wait through a dragging mystery for some nice chuckles and three, perhaps four great moments, you should attend. Great singing notwithstanding, I personally wouldn't bring a child unless I knew definitively that they were already a fan of The Secret Garden. I give this show a 7.5 out of 10. It's above average. Thank you for listening.